0: Ready to go from zero to launch? I'm so excited to share a new program called Launch. It's an eight-week interactive program for people looking to start their group practices. For eight weeks, we're going to dive deep into the core aspects of successfully starting a group practice. Seats are limited, so join the wait list to be the first to know when the doors open. You can do that by visiting thegrouppracticeexchange.com. On the menu, click on the button that says Work with Maureen, and then in the drop-down, click the button Programs. You'll then be able to see the Launch Waitlist link there, so you don't want to miss a thing. Do that right now, and as soon as we open the doors, you'll be the first to know. See you there. Hey, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. Today, it's just me on the podcast doing a solo episode, and I wanted to chat with you all a little bit about leadership teams the creation of leadership teams, the expanding of leadership teams, the roles that can be played within a leadership team, as this is something that has been coming up a lot for practice owners who are wanting to be able to take a step back and people asking me questions around how I'm doing that as well. And so I want to start from kind of the beginning for those practice owners who are maybe in that beginning stage of creating that leadership team and they don't already have one established one of the biggest benefits of having someone who is in leadership, and once you have one person in leadership, whether it's a supervisor or a clinical lead or a clinical director, you're essentially, you are essentially have a leadership team. It's yourself and that other person. And obviously, as your business expands and grows, that leadership team might continue to expand and grow as well. Some of the really awesome benefits to having the ability to create a leadership team, no matter how small it is, is that you're able to provide growth opportunities for individual clinicians or administrators in your team to be able to move forward and and grow in their skill and in their position. Another really awesome um, thing that happens when you have a, a leadership team, if you're doing it right and intentionally, is the ability to really share that power with a team versus you having sort of that ultimate decision-making capabilities there's a lot of stress involved in being that ultimate decider on everything but it's also um, it doesn't allow for the opportunity for your team to play a bigger role in the growth and vision of your business and um, being able to have a a team that can support you in sharing in some of that power can really relieve a, a ton of stress on you as a business owner and provides the ability for that person on your leadership team to um, do some of the harder things. I always think about, you know, if, if leading a team was really easy, you wouldn't need a leadership team to help you do it, right? The real benefit in having a leadership team comes in that they're supporting you through the good and the hard. Um, if, like I said, if everything was easy, there'd be no need to have a leadership team because everything would flow so easily, you could just do it all yourself. And when we create this team, even if it's our first person on this team, what you're essentially doing is being able to refocus your energy and time and mental load to the things that you're actually good at and that, give you, uh, that fill your bucket, right? And you're hopefully creating a position for someone that uh, nurtures their uh, own skill, right? That really aligns with what they're good at and so that they can feel energized by the work that they're doing as well. And so those are kind of my initial thoughts around why it's really a great thing to be able to create a leadership team, even if you have a small group practice and don't plan on getting very large. There isn't, it's not something that just, is designated for large group practices. It really works amazingly well, even if there's a single or two-person leadership team on a smaller group practice. Now, as we grow our businesses, you, you'll notice that there's this need to shift, um, potentially rewrite the existing leadership roles that are there, um, because as our business grows, and usually that's every 10 to 15 employees, there's a need for those that are in leadership to get even more defined in what they do because um, oftentimes when, when we're a smaller practice we might be bringing on that supervisor clinical director and you might be giving them kind of all of that clinical and leadership sort of role right but as your that works when you have three five seven employees that they're they're leading but as your practice grows and like I said On like the estimate is sort of every 10 to 15 uh, staff members that you bring in, clinical staff that you bring in, you start to realize that you need to shift how leadership is done and get even more micro with the roles that each of you on your leadership team play. And so you'll find that what was once working for you as the uh, owner of the group practice and the role that you were playing and what the role of maybe that clinical lead was when you were a smaller practice needs to shift naturally as the business grows, just as uh, organizational structures shift for larger practices and and look very different than with smaller practices. And so that's something to think about as you write up job descriptions for people in leadership. Is that it's likely that if your business continues to grow, that those roles might look a little bit different and need to be the job descriptions may need to be um, shifted a little bit so that um, that leadership person, whether it's a supervisor, clinical director, head of administration, um, is really getting more pinpointed on what they're working on, and you're creating then more opportunities for additional leadership positions, so that each task, each role, really has the full, um, like, the full attention of that person who's leading it, um, and that's the biggest issue that I see is that people leave their leadership teams with the same roles sort of indefinitely and what that does is it causes that person in leadership to have even though there's not more being added to their list by the fact that the business is growing it takes more work to do all of the things that were once required you know an hour of their time with a larger group practice will require maybe five hours of their time. And and that byproduct means that we need to be able to uh, limit all the tasks that are required of that position and potentially potentially create kind of sub-leadership positions, right? Whether that's having going from having a clinical director to that clinical director having supervisors who can then take some of that clinical workload off the clinical director. That's a really good and common example in group practices. And so as we expand in our businesses, I want your takeaway for this episode to be that it is okay for roles to shift in your clinical team and likely the guiding factor for that shift in roles or uh, like actual tasks that they're doing, things that they're accountable for will shift based off of the need to really hone in on a handful of things that they should be working on and being in charge of and shifting the rest to another person who can then have their focus be on the next handful of things, right? Um, The other kind of major thing to pay attention to as you're looking at growing and expanding your team is the roles themselves, right? So obviously, as a practice grows, the need for extra or additional leadership team members is going to just naturally be there. But the next thing to look at is really the specific roles. And one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I got from Nikki Ramirez, my HR consultant, that um, sort of blew my mind at the time was that you want to be really intentional about the actual role that the person is playing. I see so often people having a clinical director or a clinical lead or a head of, of clinical departments. I mean, different names all for the same sort of thing um, where what they're doing um, is so obscure and general uh, and their title doesn't match what they're actually doing because the business owner just wants to be creative with the title. And the the biggest thing I learned from Nikki was that you want your job description, you want the employee's title, the leadership person's title to be very, very clear. And actually the titles are not about your business at all. It's about helping them in their future with employment, right? If you give them the title of a clinical director when really they are not doing clinical director work and they're doing something else, it actually harms them because that is what goes on to their job description and helps the next potential employer look at what were they actually doing. Do they have the skills? Do they have the title? Have they worked at a capacity that I'm actually looking for in that person? And so if we get really creative with our titles, and we you know, call someone a, a director of happiness and success, let's say, when in reality, um, the very basic title of director of client success, client satisfaction, is more likely to help that next employer say, I'm looking for someone who can make sure that our clients are happy. Uh, they're more likely to look at the job or the resume of that person, and I know we don't like to look at at this from a perspective of that this is going to benefit them once they leave because we might not want people leaving. But that's what we that's really what the benefit of a job title is, is not for the position that they're currently in. It's for the potential um, in another position or in another job that they can look back and say, yeah, looks like you have exactly what we're looking for in this current position, correct? And so that's something to think about as you're coming up with what roles do you need in your business? Uh, You don't need to get fancy. You want to be very clear in the job description and the title of of the role, what they're doing, so that when they put that on their resume, that next employer is going to know without a doubt by just glancing at their resume if that person's a good fit, just based off of, you know, the role itself. So the most common roles that we see in our industry tend to start off with either having like a clinical supervisor or a clinical director um, or a site supervisor. Those are really kind of the initial starting points that a group practice owner is going to go is someone who kind of leads in the supervision, right? And as they grow, they might then shift that person into a clinical director position where they might be managing um, multiple locations or multiple departments, or multiple supervisors who are leading the clinicians of their locations, right? Other uh, important roles that might be considered in a leadership team role-wise is a person who is in charge of supporting new hires and getting them onboarded efficiently. And that might be just the supervisor still, right, of that location might be a part of their role is their onboarding. But as a business grows, oftentimes if a site supervisor has 10 plus uh, staff that they have to um, lead as it is, it's really hard to be, able to really invest quality amount of time in onboarding that for that next person for the first 90 days. It takes a lot more work and effort than in the first 90 days than it does once that employee knows how to do their job successfully. And so as you grow, it might become important that you have someone that can do that onboarding and even potentially recruiting and interviewing those people so that it aligns with whatever the vision or goal that you have for um, your business is right. We, we have specific goals around how many people we want to hire in a year. Um, we have goals around when staff leave, making sure that we're on top of things in, in making sure that we're recruiting and looking for new hires that can, uh, quickly take over that spot so that there aren't gaps in our communities. Um, as most, as most of you know, right now, there's a ton of need. And so, um, you know, whenever someone leaves, that creates a big, a bigger hole, a bigger gap for our community members being able to be seen and getting the care that they need. Um, there's site supervisors. There's um, likely going to be a department, administrative department that grows out of it. I know, oftentimes. As a solo practice owner and a small group practice, you might be the person doing the administrative work. Eventually, you might hire a virtual assistant or a part-time person to do administrative work or even um, like a company that does administrative support or billing uh, and reception support. But eventually, there'll be a point where your practice is at a size where you need that full-time administrative support. And that person might be doing everything, right? That might be kind of a catch-all admin who does phones and does billing, Um, and does all of the administrative work and as you grow again here's where that team the administrative team might need to expand and you'll want to make sure that there's someone on the administrative team who can actually lead all of that uh, all of those administrators and so in in my practice we have someone who is the administrative lead and that person has their own role on the day-to-day of what they're doing but they also lead the administrative team which includes our our client care, our receptionists, our uh, admin assistants who support kind of all the departments, our billing department, our person who does payroll, and our um, benefits person. We have someone who just their role is completely to check benefits for potential clients and existing clients because we have such a large practice. And so there's a ton of opportunity, and we you really want to just make sure that your paying attention to the growth of your business and looking back at your leadership team on where it is and if that also needs to pivot as your practice is growing. And it's very likely that that needs to happen. But what happens often is that we are adding people in response to a gap in leadership as the business grows rather than looking internally at our existing leadership team and their roles and asking, do those roles need to be redefined or made more clear before we bring on another person just to fill in the holes, right? Because what ends up happening is as your business grows, you have a lot of people in leadership who all are kind of intermingled and don't have uh, complete autonomy and might be stepping on each other's toes because you've created positions in leadership that are just based off of tasks that weren't getting done versus clearly defined roles. So I hope that's helpful. Um, If you're a smaller group practice, it's never too soon to create a leadership team. Like I said, a team involves you having one person in leadership because that is you and them leading and that's a team to me. So um, you're able to start as early as you want. As soon as you need that extra support, that's the time to start bringing someone into leadership. And the second point is making sure that you're looking at how those roles need to be revised fine-tuned made more clear and sometimes you realize that after that person is in that position what's working and what isn't about that role and it's completely okay to go back to the drawing board and start making edits on the role itself and the um, tasks that that person is doing so that it meets the needs of your business in the way that makes the most sense and is the most efficient and organized way to do that all right If you have a leadership team that you love, I would love to hear what those roles are. I always find it really fascinating how different each group practice is in terms of how they run their business, but also what their leadership teams really look like. It's so different from practice to practice, even with practices that are at the same size. And so I'm always fascinated to learn about where other practices are at in terms of their leadership team and how they make sure that the roles on their leadership team make sense and are very clear and, um, and organized all right have a great one and i'll see you next week ready to go from zero to launch i'm so excited to share a new program called launch it's an eight-week interactive program for people looking to start their group practices for eight weeks, we're going to dive deep into the core aspects of successfully starting a group practice. Seats are limited, so join the waitlist to be the first to know when the doors open. You can do that by visiting thegrouppracticeexchange.com. On the menu, click on the button that says Work with Maureen, and then in the drop-down, click the button Programs. You'll then be able to see the launch waitlist link there, So you don't want to miss a thing. Do that right now. And as soon as we open the doors, you'll be the first to know. See you there. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join the exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.